Hello there, all you commitment phobes. <laughs> Just kidding. In all seriousness, the fear of commitment is a serious deal. It's basically a state of perpetual avoidance. Now, no matter whether this is the fear of commitment to a relationship or the fear of commitment to a job or the fear of commitment to a decision, it's basically like trying to move through life or drive through life with the parking brake on. So first, what we have to do is to understand commitment. Commitment is a state of dedication, but we can simplify commitment by looking at it this way. To commit yourself to something is to put your energy into something, to put yourself into something. The more committed you are to something, the more of your energy and thus yourself you put into that thing. If you sit with this idea of commitment for a while, you might already be experiencing the awareness of what exactly scares you so badly about commitment. If not, I want you to ask yourself, what is so scary about giving my energy to something or putting myself fully into something? I'm going to give you a hint here, and that's that most fears on earth, if not all of them, boil down to the fear of losing something. For example, even if you say something like, I'm afraid that I'm going to gain a whole bunch of more problems, the flip side of that is that you fear you're going to lose inner peace. So when you're looking for what you really fear, look for what it is that you fear that you're going to lose. The most common fear experienced by people who fear commitment is the fear of losing freedom and of being trapped. And the ultimate fear for people who fear commitment is the fear of making decisions. When you fear making decisions, you fear losing options. If you fear commitment, your fear has caused you to develop an addiction to the sweet security of escape. You fear making the wrong decision and being trapped with the potential consequences, especially losses of that choice. And this is your personal subconscious definition of failure. Obviously, like usual, these patterns find their roots in our childhood. Ideally, if we were to grow up in homes that were completely loving, we would know that mom and dad come back when they go away. We would know that even if we rebelled or even if we misbehaved, we would essentially be welcomed back with open arms. In the ideal household, we would not have to be perfect in order to be included, in order to be loved, accepted, and not abandoned. But some of us do not grow up in this kind of home. If we fear commitment, we had to grow up too fast in a world where the message was, you do have to be perfect, according to my definition of perfect, in order to be loved, included, not abandoned, and get the things that you want. Responsibility became something to be feared, because it came with too much pressure. The stakes were too high, so we learned to avoid it. We grew up in an atmosphere of control, not an atmosphere of love and intimacy. We were brought up to essentially have one foot in and one foot out because we couldn't trust one or both of our caregivers. If you do not trust someone, there is no way to be fully invested in them, so instead, there's a constant state of emotional panic. It's obvious to see then why the sensation of freedom would be so important for us to keep hold of if our indication of our safety level had to do with that sensation of freedom. This is especially important if what you suffer from is a fear of commitment to relationships. You perpetually have one foot in and one foot out of them. It's really important to realize that if you're in this boat, you have a deep desire, if not a desperation in fact, for a close, secure relationship that is intact with intimacy. But what is happening is that your fear of it not going well, and therefore losing or being abandoned by your partner, or to the opposite extreme, your fear 
of losing yourself to the relationship, which feels a little bit like being engulfed or being devoured by them, is so incredibly strong that you can't go one way or the other. You instead just go into a state of deep freeze. For those of you who suffer from a relationship commitment phobia, relationships and love were not about love when you were younger. They were about control. People in your life, especially primary caregivers, were interested in control, and as such, they were not concerned with your best interest. They were concerned with theirs. This made you emotionally unsafe, physically unsafe, or both. To stay safe, you quickly saw that you had to keep the control. You always had one foot in and one foot out with them. Now in relationships, you do the same thing. You subconsciously seek to always be in control and have an escape ready while avoiding personal responsibility, which in turn makes you very passive-aggressive. And one way you gain back this control is to freeze up. When you clam up or freeze up, no one can do anything about it. They're absolutely powerless to your unmovable state. So this, in conjunction with not committing to either decision, feels safer to you. When you freeze up, your survival mechanism has been triggered. When you can't perceive an escape, and therefore you can't decide between either running or fighting, which is the fight-or-flight mechanism, you have one option left, and that option is to freeze. This is what gives the commitment phobe this feeling of sort of dragging their heels or turning into a rock or existing in a state of living death absent of momentum. So what should you do if you see that you have a fear of commitment, but you don't really want to live with that fear of commitment anymore because it's ruining your life? The first step is that you have to recognize the number one truth when it comes to commitments. We love to tell the story that there is such a thing as fear of commitment. And while that is true on one level, it is ultimately not objective truth. The objective truth is, there is no such thing as a commitment phobe. Why is that? You can't live one second of your life without being committed to something. Your energy is going completely into something at all moments of the day. The question is, into what? For example, the person who is not committing to a relationship out of fear has already chosen to be fully committed to freedom. The person who is procrastinating has already chosen to be fully committed to distraction. The person who refuses to make a decision has already committed to being irresponsible, or shall we say, to whatever perks come with not being responsible. This means anytime you find yourself not committing to something, it means there is something else that you are completely committed to. Often you can find what you're committed to on the opposite side of the scale. You need to take time and put some serious energy into discovering what these subconscious commitments are. Only then do you have the power to ask yourself, do I really want to be committed to those things? So you need to really ask yourself, what do I want to be committed to? Notice that that question is completely different than what should I want to be committed to. Two, you need to get completely present to the negative impact of not committing. We're only going to change something if we think there is an actual need to change that thing. So you have to see the damage that not committing has actually done to your life. You have to see the damage that it has done, the damage that it is doing, and the damage that it could do. For example, see the opportunities you've lost by not acting on them. See the rejection other people feel. See the successes that you have not achieved or might not achieve because you are unwilling to give it your all, and someone else is. Step three, love the aspect of you that is afraid of committing. 
step outside of the perspective of the one who's afraid to commit, far enough to feel compassion for and love towards the aspect of you that is so incredibly afraid, the aspect of you that was controlled and not loved well enough, the aspect of you that needs to feel a sense of freedom because you need safety. If you resist this self by trying to force it to change because you resent it, you will only be trying to control yourself. And so, what will happen is you will start to become passive-aggressive with yourself. Instead, approach this subject with love. Desire this aspect of yourself to shift because you want the best for it. This will cause an inner transformation. Step 4. Become more aware of and dedicated to the things you actually do want. This state of not committing is a state of avoidance. It means you're more committed to staying away from something than going towards something. You have to figure out what it is you do want to commit to, what it is you do want, and what it is you do need, as opposed to focusing on what you do not want, do not need, and want to stay away from at all costs. If you feel the state of avoidance crop up in you, the state of internal resistance, which is going to feel a lot like trying to open a clamshell that doesn't want to open, or like walking with weights attached to you. Think about what it is you're trying to avoid, and then basically pivot in that moment and figure out what it is that that avoidance is telling you that you do want instead. Then put all of your energy into that consciously. Commit to that. If you are afraid of relationship commitment you might find that you cannot commit to the relationship in its totality. That might be too overwhelming and too scary. But you might find, when you feel this internal resistance, that it's okay for you to commit yourself to something smaller within the context of a relationship like communication. So commit yourself fully to communicating every day. Step five, get present to your needs and meet your needs every single day. For people who grow up in an atmosphere of control, needs are enemy number one. Why? Because if you are needy, you're somewhat dependent on the person that you need something from. This gives them the control if they don't have your best interests at heart. People who fear commitment will suppress their needs and not communicate them and try to convince themselves and others that they do not have them. This is especially important if you're struggling with relationship commitment phobia. Relationships are about mutuality, not control. It's about accommodating each other in a way where both people's needs are met. If you do not express your needs and deny them whilst trying to meet your partner's needs, you will eventually feel controlled by them and at their mercy without even knowing that it's because you never expressed your needs and you never gave them a chance to meet them. To understand more on this subject, watch my video on YouTube titled Meet Your Needs. Step 6. You need to get deeply in touch with your feelings. If you're afraid of commitment, then you feel as if you have to, at some point, cut off your emotional connection so as to maintain control and therefore stay safe. If you're in a relationship with somebody who has a commitment phobia, what this feels like, this cutting off of emotions in order to gain control, is a push and pull. To begin this practice, watch my video titled How to Heal the Emotional Body. Especially, I want you to sit with that feeling of being trapped. If you have a fear of commitment, you are in the business of constantly trying to mitigate and avoid future pain. What does this mean? If you develop a willingness to feel, especially to feel pain, then that aspect of you that wants to avoid it at all costs is no longer in control of you because you've consciously stopped running away from that monster. 
This stops the unhealthy avoidance pattern. It can no longer subconsciously rule your life. It's important to know that if you have a fear of commitment, you are not very self-aware. You are prone to lying to yourself to avoid deeper truths. So really being with your emotions will reveal the deep, real, gritty inner truths of yourself. These are the truths that you will build the life you really want on top of and around. 7. You need to explore the idea of perfect so that you can let go of it. The inner critic in your life is ruining your life, quite honestly. As much as you might want to, you cannot get this life right. You are not going to find the perfect partner. You are not going to find the perfect job. And in fact, your attempt to continually find something that is perfect is your attempt to avoid the risk in your life. In other words, finding fault with everything is just a way to justify your fear so you don't have to take the risk to move forward and through it. It will also help you to deliberately shift your focus away from all of the things that are wrong about whatever it is you're afraid to commit to and onto whatever is right about it. Love is the opposite vibration of fear. So anytime you're dealing with fear, if you can shift to a focus of love, you will no longer be feeling the sensation of fear. So if you're afraid of your partner, what do you love about them? If you're afraid of the job, what do you love about it? If you fear making the decision, what do you love about the decision or about making decisions in general? Criticism goes hand in hand with perfectionism. To understand more about criticism, you can watch my video on YouTube titled Criticism. Eight, practice meditation. Meditation will pull you out of those states of panic where you are completely controlled by your escapist avoidant control patterns. This will allow you to shortcut the self-sabotage and instead make you present with exactly what is right here, right now in front of you. You can start with mindfulness meditation. To understand how to do this, watch my video on YouTube titled Mindfulness Meditation, The Observer Self. 9. Commit to increasing your self-esteem and improving your self-image. Whether you want to admit it or not, if you have a fear of commitment, you struggle with self-esteem. This is especially true for those of us who have issues with commitment because we're afraid of abandonment. If you never invest your energy fully into something, it's never going to yield results. So it's obvious why you would not have a very high level of self-esteem. And ironically, if you do commit to something and invest yourself into something, you will see results which will in turn improve your self-esteem. What do you appreciate about yourself? What are your strengths? Take an inventory of your positive attributes and anything that causes you specifically to feel good about yourself. If you suffer from commitment phobia, it is completely understandable why you are the way you are. You ended up like this to survive the world that was created for you and the subsequent worldview that you came out of that experience with. You are justified in staying this way for the rest of your life. You are justified in not making decisions. You are justified in not committing to that job or that relationship. The question is, what is it costing you? I want you to consider that any commitment is a risk, including the commitment to non-commitment. You will die one day, and I can promise you, you did not come to this life to arrive at that death safely. The greater risk in life is not taking risks and waiting for opportunities that may never come. The risk you take when you're afraid of commitment is not really living. No success will come unless you invest your energy into something. And I can promise you, it's already invested in things, just not the things that make for a successful life.
You cannot get this life wrong. So break free from the paralysis. You have been thinking that commitment is the thing that's going to trap you, when in fact it is the very thing that is going to currently set you free. Have a good week.